Hello, Wolverines fans all across the nation, all across the world. Welcome to another edition of Victor's Valiant on SB Nation's Maze and Brew. I am your host today, Trevor Woods. You can find me on Twitter at Woods Football. Here with my co-host, Vaughn Lazan. How are you doing, Vaughn? Doing good, man. How are you? Hey, doing well. We have a special edition for our viewers and listeners today. Our way of saying thank you to you in a small manner. This is going to be a mailbag Q&A episode. Readers have sent us in questions, and we're going to answer some of our favorites, some that we find will be good conversation pieces. Before we get to that, though, Vaughn, you had an article today uh, from an ESPN article from ESPN's Dan Graziano in which he predicted that Jim Harbaugh by the year 2021 will be headed back to the NFL. This is something we hear every year. Probably will hear it for the next 20 years. And uh, yeah, you just want to share what, what his article is about and what your prediction is. Yeah, so he had 25 uh, predictions for what the NFL will look like or just what will happen in the NFL um, in the next three years. One of those being that Jim Harbaugh will return to the NFL as a head coach. Um, his explanation is that he was too good for uh, his short period of time as NFL coach to not want to try it again. If things do fall apart in Miami, watch for Dolphins owner and Michigan man Stephen Ross to make another major play for Harbaugh uh, to come back and coach his team. And uh, honestly, these these predictions of Harbaugh going to the NFL are just, at this point, lazy. Um, you know, they're not original. Uh, they, they've been publicized quite a bit over the last several seasons of, uh, you know, oh, Harbaugh uh, only stays at uh, a, a job for so long that he gets sick of it and, um, you know, he's going to end up leaving eventually. I don't really find that to be the case in this situation. I think he's pretty much going to be at U of M until uh, uh, he retires. Uh, that's what it seems like. I mean, if you see All or Nothing, it is truly um, about family. He's put a lot of time, effort, money into this program. He's taken his kids um, and he's taken his family and teammates and coaches overseas to France and Rome. Uh, he, he, his recruiting tactics are a little crazy, but that's just how dedicated he is. Um, you know, he, he's really going to the end of the world, um, putting his life on the line pretty much for this university, for this team and, uh, for his family as well. Um, you know, I kind of compared it to listening to seven nation army by the white stripes reading these predictions over and over again. It just played so many times, uh, it pretty much overstate its welcome. No one really wants to read this. No one really wants to listen or, or hear about any of these predictions that these people have. Um, but it, it, they're just going to keep coming no matter what you want, no matter what uh, you say. Uh, you're going to pretty much get force-fed them. So at this point, kind of just have to uh, embrace these articles every summer, every offseason that Harbaugh is going to go to the NFL at some point and uh, just roll with the punches and pretty much just prove them wrong. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is is most of the people or all the people who write these articles every year don't have any connection to Jim Harbaugh. They, they probably have never even met Jim Harbaugh and certainly don't know what he's thinking in that brain of his. And the fact of the matter is 
whether it's been University of San Diego, Stanford University, San Francisco 49ers, every stop along the way, Jim Harbaugh has goals in mind, and he doesn't leave those respective places until he's reached some of those goals. And when it comes to Michigan, there's a lot of unfinished business. He wants to win the Big Ten, college football playoff, kick Urban Meyer's ass year in, year out. There, there, there's, there's a lot of check marks that still need to be checked off. And on top of that, there is the personal level to where he moved his mother and father in their 70s right next door to him. He is the so-called you know, king of Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, to where he does what he wants the ways he would like to do them. And why would you want to give that up? And I think he would say, I don't want to give that up. So, yeah, it's just, just another baseless article that people will read and think there is some truth to it when actually it strays very, very far from reality. So just something we need to talk about as journalists to let Michigan fans know. Nothing to be concerned about and uh, just get used to it. There's going to be more coming throughout the year. And some of it are from people who actually don't like Jim Harbaugh and they want to cause a distraction. And uh, that's just how journalism is sometimes these days. Anyway, moving on to our mailbag Q&A questions. Our first one comes from Mark2021 who asks, do you believe that the offensive line play will improve under Ed Warner? And do you think Shea Patterson will have enough time to develop chemistry with his receivers? Well, as we know, in 2017, the offensive line play was less than stellar, gave up way too many sacks. The run game was not churning out big gains most times during the season. Um, I think we are going to see an uptick in production. Michigan offensive linemen have already been singing Warner's praises. Fans are amped up about him. Uh, everywhere Warner's went, he succeeded. He's improved the offensive line. They became solid units. He's churned out some NFL players under his tutelage. Uh, they've definitely simplified the schematics, which is a good thing. It's going to be just more, you know, getting your hand in the dirt and just brute force, going to play some power football. Um, yeah, so I do think the offensive line play will improve under Warner. The second half of Mark 2021's question. Yeah, Patterson, um, nothing's ever a finished product by game one, September 1st, but there's going to be plenty of time for him to develop chemistry with receivers to learn the ins and outs, the intricacies of how they like to run patterns, where they like the ball placement, uh, things of that nature. Um, players and Pep Hamilton alike have been saying that he's a natural born leader. He excites players. He's a playmaker. So the human element, Patterson's definitely gaining friendships, gaining trust off the field, whether he's going out to eat with guys. Just, just, just friendship can translate into success and working well together on the gridiron, whether it's in a game or on the practice field. So what do you think, Vaughn? As far as that's concerned, I think it is going to take some time for Patterson to develop chemistry with his receivers, his tight ends, his running backs, his offensive line. Um, you know, starting your season at Notre Dame, huge rivalry game. Uh, you're on the spotlight immediately, and um, you know, I, I I could see um, the struggles playing out in that game. I could see some struggles playing out in the next few weeks after that. Uh, it, it's just going to take some time, and um, you know, you got all fall camp 
to go through every play to uh, uh, get the little nuances of everyone's route running and uh, abilities down. Um, I, I think it'll take some time. It's not going to be polished until probably midway through the season. Um, uh, you know, that that's just expected from a transfer quarterback who, um, you know, was sitting out for pretty much six months anticipating this decision by the NCAA to whether he was going to be able to play or not. Now that he knows that he's able to play, he's able to get more practices in. He's able to, like you said, take his receivers to dinner and uh, do things like that. So it'll take some time. It'll be a process, but, um, you know, I would fully expect it to uh, be played out, um, you know, probably midway through the season. Um, as far as Ed Warner's concerned, I, I heavily expect there to be some improvement along the offensive line this season. Um, you, you know, just the simplified uh, way that he runs offensive lines, uh, the pedigree that he's had with developing guys at Ohio State, uh, developing former defensive linemen at Ohio State to be All-American offensive linemen and uh, first-round picks in the NFL draft. I think that has a lot to say about uh, who he is in, as an offensive line coach. Um, you you got to be excited if you're a Michigan fan to have this guy around. Um, the the stuff that we were seeing last season from Drebno and Fry is just frustrating. Um, having two guys with two completely different mindsets uh, running the offensive line together. It just uh, really uh, was, was a disaster in heaven. Um, you know, it, it, it was just, it, it was a disaster waiting um, to happen, uh, you know, ever since they brought in Greg Fry. I, I thought it was a good hire at first just because he was uh, very successful in his uh, uh, past jobs as well as an offensive line coach, but obviously meshing with Drevno uh, just did not work out well. I think you got to be excited to have Warner in here. I think um, you will see immediate improvements, especially on the interior. I, I think the pass protection is going to be a lot better, um, you know, especially with the younger guys coming up, uh, you know, Cesar Ruiz. I, I think Steven Spenlaus is going to get a lot of time this season. He's drastically improving. Um, and then you've got some redshirt freshmen in the waiting as well that might get some playing time this year. So I think there's going to be immediate improvements. They may not be ginormous immediate improvements, but um, over time, I think this offensive line uh, can be uh, significantly better than what it was last year. And you would hope so as well. Next question comes from Shane Majewski, who asks, what is the single biggest reason that Michigan hasn't been able to get over the hump and win the Big Ten East in Jim Harbaugh's first three years? What makes this year any different? You can go ahead with this one first, Vaughn. Uh, the biggest hump's got to be Ohio State. I, I I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Ohio State is the reason that they haven't won the East, uh, made it to the championship game, and uh, you know got into the playoff. Um, oh, 2016, prime example. Uh, you go to Columbus, uh, you barely lose, and uh, instead you are not the ones going to Indianapolis. Uh, the way that that played out, Penn State actually ended up going. Um, but all you had to do was win. It was essentially, it, it's kind of like college basketball, win and you're in, you know, uh, how that saying goes, win and you're in. Well, that's all Michigan had to do and they lost. So, uh, they lost to Ohio state. Uh, they were the last line of defense for Michigan getting to the big 10 championship game, potentially getting to the college football playoff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's gotta be your biggest rival. It's gotta be Ohio state. And, um, I don't think anything's going to change from that this season. I think, uh, you got to go to Columbus again this season, and uh, it, it's going to be another last line of defense scenario if uh, Ohio State and Michigan are 
you know, neck and neck that East championship uh, to get to Indianapolis and compete with the Big Ten West winner for the Big Ten championship. So I I don't think it's going to be any different this year. I would be extremely surprised if a team like Penn State uh, were were the guys in the East to beat or uh, Michigan State. I'd be incredibly surprised as well if they were the team to beat uh, in the division this season. I I would say it's got to be Ohio State, man. Yeah, and uh, I agree. Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. But besides Ohio State, in my opinion, the single biggest reason that Michigan hasn't been able to get over the hump and win the Big Ten East in Harbaugh's first three years and what makes this year different than the first three years is one word. That word is time. Time. It took takes a few years. This year, this is Jim Harbaugh's football team. What do I mean by that? Over 90% of the guys on this roster, Jim Harbaugh, has recruited personally. They are Harbaugh recruits. There hasn't been that high a percentage in years prior. The first year Jim Harbaugh came in, that was a Brady Hoke team. The second year, uh, yeah, it was it was a good team. Uh, I think it overachieved a bit in 2016 and barely lost to Ohio State. Obviously, some controversial calls, and uh, you know where we stand on that side of the argument. But and then 2017, there was just so much turnover from that 2016 team from Jordan Lewis, Garbo, Chesson and others that left to the NFL. And uh, it was the youngest team in the nation last year. So, yeah, the, the first three years, they, they simply were not Harbaugh teams. The rosters were the majority still Hoke guys. This year, the exact opposite. So I do find that to make things different. And uh, what makes it different as well? The quarterback. This is definitely the best quarterback Jim Harbaugh's had in his tenure at Michigan, and quarterbacks can make and break a team. Their wins and losses, winning in crucial downs, crucial situations, and crucial games on the road in Columbus, which we saw Wilton Spate throw a couple costly interceptions in 2016. So you add all those elements together. These are Harbaugh men. So the Michigan fans listening to this podcast, if you believe in Jim Harbaugh, if, if you believe in Jim Harbaugh's product, his ability to find diamonds in the rough, or ability to scout players and bring the best out of them, then you you need to feel optimistic this year, or you're just not a true believer. And uh, I don't know I don't know what the final result's going to be. I'm not going to sit here and say that, but I, there are some elements that make this year different. But as you alluded to, Vaughn, what doesn't make it different is Ohio State. You still have to beat Ohio State. They still should be the favorites. They look to be a very strong team again this year. They got a lot of guys returning. They have the right pieces of the puzzle to beat anyone week in, week out. And it's going to be a dogfight in Columbus, I truly feel. Moving on, this is kind of a, a, a second parter in a way from a different reader. UM underscore insiders asks, in your opinion, is this team going to be better than the 2016 team? Explain your answer. Go blue. What do you think, Vaughn? Will it be better than the 2016 team? Um, I think the defense certainly will. I think now that you've got uh, Devin Bush coming back, you've got pretty much – well, not pretty much. You've got the entire secondary coming back. Uh, you got Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich, um, probably the best end duo in uh, the Big Ten, if not the entire country. Um, you know, Kalik Hudson. Uh, really, the only guy you got to uh, fill a spot for is Mike McCray, who uh, is now 
in the NFL. Uh, the defense is going to be uh, unworldly. I, I think it has a chance to be the best defense in the country. Um, you know, they, they were one of the top secondaries in the country. I would expect that to remain the same. Uh, it, there's no denying that a Don Brown defense is going to keep the game no matter what. So I heavily expect the defense to be better, which is really saying something because you have guys like Jabril Peppers, Jordan Lewis, Taco Charlton, uh, Ben Ginian. You know, yet yet a bunch of really good, solid defensive players on that team. But I think this team defensively is going to be better. Um, offensively, I wouldn't expect it to be better. Uh, you know, Jake Butt, uh, the best tight end in the country that season, All-American. Um, you know, it, it's really hard to uh, live up to that expectation. Um, I know that guys like Zach Gentry and Sean McCune had really nice seasons last year. I wouldn't expect them to have a season like Jake Butt did in 2016. Wide receivers still kind of uh, uh, to be determined. Uh, I really like Peoples-Jones. I really like Tariq Black. Um, I think Oliver Martin has a chance to be really nice. Nico Collins can be a really good red zone target, uh, a deep uh, downfield threat. But um, until they really live up to those expectations, I don't think they're going to be better than um, Amar Darbo, J.U. Cheshen. Um, you know, they had really, really nice seasons uh, in 2016. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect uh, the, this year's wide receivers to be better. Running backs, I would say, um, are probably better, if not around the same as the 2016 team, and obviously quarterback is um, uh, drastically better than uh, in 2016. So uh, defensively, definitely better uh, than the 2016 team. Uh, offensively, uh, I'd say as of right now, it's really close, but I would lean towards the 2016 team just because of Jake Budd. Okay. And next question comes from one of our writers, Daniel Plotcher. He asks, are there any concerns you see on the defensive side of the ball? It seems like everyone is just raving about how elite this defense is going to be. Yes, they are definitely getting a lot of praise in preseason rankings and commentary. They were quite good last season. Uh, I, I think this year they will be better, but you can always improve upon things. And there certainly were cons some concerns on the defensive side of the ball. What definitely sticks out to me was – uh, at Penn State last year, first quarter, Saquon Barkley had some plays. He is an electric runner. I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. But the Michigan defenders didn't help matters whatsoever. There were times that they over-pursued. They all went to one side of the, the field, and they didn't stay disciplined. They didn't stay in their gaps. And then guess what? It's a counter run to the middle, basically a counter draw and Barkley takes it to the house for 70 yards. There are plays like that. Then there are plays that really uh, bit the Michigan defense in the ass against Ohio State at the big house. I remember when uh, actually J.T. Barrett and Dwayne Haskins, if I remember right, both scored touchdown runs. And what happened was the Don Brown, the Michigan defense, and I love Don Brown, cool dude, great defensive coordinator, but – there were some mistakes made that game on that side of the ball. They didn't put a spy on the quarterback enough, and they didn't adjust. And what happened was there were deep plays in the red zone, pass plays, where the offensive line of Ohio State's always pretty darn good. On a given play, they were protecting the quarterbacks. And the Michigan secondary and linebackers alike, they were just lost in coverage. They weren't turning their heads around. They weren't weren't playing the quarterback at all, looking at his eyes, seeing what he was doing, 
and then the quarterback just said, hey, thank you, and they trotted into the end zone. So against scrambling quarterbacks, and Michigan's going to play a few of them this year, if they continue to do things like that, that could definitely lead to a loss. So things like that definitely need to be addressed. Um, then there is the aggressive nature of Don Brown's defense to where it, it, can, it can definitely you know, get a defense fired up, amped up, ready to attack. But there is something to be said about being too aggressive mentally that can lead to mental errors. So I, I hope to see some relentlessness from this defense, that sheer aggressiveness that definitely just, just pounds the offense into submission. But you just got to stay disciplined, can't make any mental errors, certainly can't over-pursue on defense. So do you see any concerns on the defensive side of the ball? And I want to be clear, I think this is going to be a top-10 defense in the league, but a top-10 defense can still lose a game on any given week in college football. So just, just got to limit the errors. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously there are always concerns. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see any concerns really on the defensive line. I think the depth there is really solid. I'd say the linebacking depth is uh, a pretty solid as well. Devin Bush, Klee Hudson at Viper, and uh, whoever takes over that uh, uh, Mike McRae's uh, spot there is uh, uh, going to be worthy of that as well. They've got a ton of great young linebackers, Drew Singleton, UJ, um you know, Jordan Anthony, even Cameron McGrone, true freshman coming in, a five-star recruit um, on some of the uh, websites there. But uh, it's got to be safety. I mean, the safety was giving up touchdowns left and right all season long. It seemed like um, in coverage, at least, they were, uh, uh, you know, I would say decent to below average. Uh, Kennel couldn't really cover all that well. Josh Metellus was a god-awful, I would say, uh, in coverage at times. Um, you know, dropped a sure interception against Ohio State. And going back to what you said about the over-pursuing, I would totally agree with that, especially when you got mobile quarterbacks that you're playing against, like Trace McSorley, JT Barrett. It's going to be Dwayne Haskins this season. But even against JT Barrett against Ohio State, even when they had a quarterback spy on him, they had the, the slowest linebacker on him. They had Mike McCray spying him. Got to put Devin Bush, somebody on him with speed that can get to JT Barrett, get to Trace McSorley, get to Brian Lewerke. He's a, a mobile threat as well. So you got to really plan for the dual threat. You can't just rely on, um, you know, your defensive line to really crash the play every single time. You got to, uh, uh, you got to at least hope that um, uh, you can contain quarterback a little bit uh, with your defensive line. But when in doubt, you got to uh, get a speedy linebacker like Devin Bush, like Khalid Hudson. Uh, you know, one of your go-to guys, um, Mike McCray, uh, just kind of mind-numbing at times to see him quarterback spying. Uh, saw him on uh, Saquon Barkley in coverage against Penn State last season. I didn't really understand that one either. So just getting some of the personnel right, I would say, is is a, a, a something that they could address this offseason, make sure that uh, they're really planning for McSorley, planning for Lewerke, planning for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, even Wimbush uh, on Notre Dame, they're going to have to plan against him as well. So um, – you know, definitely always some um, some concerns on the, on the defensive side. Uh, definitely not as much as the offensive side, but um, no, it's not going to be a a hundred percent certain every single time that uh, you know, your your defense isn't going to be perfect. Uh, is pretty much what I'm trying to say. And the last question, which is basically a, a follow up in a way, so we'll thank Mr. Kirk too for this. He asked, "Is Tyree Cannell going to start?" at free safety seemed like he had some 
issues in man coverage last year. Yeah, I, I, I guess that he would be considered the favorite to start right now. But Jamarik Woods, he's a favorite of mine. And uh, I, I think Woods could push Cannell for that starting job. Woods is a huge, huge safety, six foot three, six foot three, but he, he's speedy, weighs over 200 pounds. He hails from Alabama. And uh, I, I talked to Jamarik last year a couple times. Good guy. He, he used to watch a lot of film of guys like Sean Taylor, Ed Reed and others. And uh, so, so he definitely wants to be a ball hawk, but he also wants to be a thumper, wants to lay the wood, so to speak, wants to be a hard hitter. And uh, yeah, he, he performed quite well against Ohio State. He, he had, I want to say, he had five tackles. So, and that wasn't, uh, you know, from start to finish, he didn't see all the snaps but he made his presence known, and uh, Woods was definitely very good in the special teams game last year uh, where on returns he was flying down the field and making it hard for a kick-and-punt returners to gain any ground. Um, I, I definitely see him as a guy who can get in the box, kind of sneak up there and support the run while also supporting the pass. Laterally, he can move sideline to sideline. Canal though, uh, he did struggle in coverage last year, whether it was deep patterns or when he was asked to, as we know, Brown, Don Brown, his scheme, he likes to blitz a lot of men. So what happens is when you blitz so many guys, you're, you're going to have no safety blankets. The safety is going to have to be in man coverage, basically become a cornerback. And when that happens, the safety has to play well. He has to do well and, and cover okay. Otherwise, you know, that's going to be a big liability and is going to lead to some big plays or at least intermediate plays down the field that is just going to continue to keep the chains moving and first downs to be converted. So, yeah, I'm not sure who's going to end up winning that free safety spot, but Cannell's definitely going to have some competition in August and he'll definitely have to earn it. So we'll see if he's up to the challenge. What do you think, Vaughn? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be competition for sure. These younger guys, uh, you know, like you said, Woods, I'm really high on as well. I love his potential. Jalen Kelly Powell is another guy that uh, played quite a bit uh, towards the end of last season. Uh, he was playing more of the nickel cornerback position, but I think he is going to uh, be a safety at some point. But no, I, I think Kennel's going to start at the end of the day. He has the most experience. He's really good in run defense a of course the coverage like I said earlier is not the greatest um but I really think it's Don Brown's scheme that that kind of leaves the safeties uh on an island so to speak um you know they don't have any help back there when they're covering um even Kalik Hudson had some issues uh covering down the field I I, I remember particularly against Wisconsin he had some some issues uh covering down the field so it, it's it's tough for these guys to cover man to man when they're tasked with so many different things at one point, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's going to be Kimmel. He's representing Michigan at big 10 media days. It's inevitable, inevitable uh, in my mind, at least that he's going to be the starting free safety. Um, you know, as far as a strong safety con is concerned, we'll see about Josh Metellus. Uh, it seems like from what I've read that he's improving in, uh, he improved in the spring He's improving this summer, so we'll see how that translates to uh, being on the field. He really disappointed me the last few weeks of uh, the 2017 season. Hopefully he's able to turn it around in 2018 
and uh, for uh, Notre Dame. And that's the thing. You mentioned a good point, and that is that Tyree is going to be one of the representatives. Only three get to go to the Big Ten Media Day in Chicago, and Tyree is one of them. So that, to me, is a way of Harbaugh, Don Brown, the coaches saying, hey, man, we believe in you. You know, we, we want you to come along with us to Chicago and represent this program, represent the defense. So uh, other two representatives are Higdon and Winovich. So Tyree will be representing the secondary of Michigan. And they, they wouldn't send him if they didn't believe in him. They could have sent, you know, Rashawn Gary, Hudson, Shea Patterson, a handful of guys. So, you know, th- that is definitely an honor, an honor to receive and one they, they wouldn't give to somebody lightly. So, yeah, that is a great point by you, Vaughn. And uh, little context clues like that can lead one to believe that uh, he will be the starter come September 1st. So any final thoughts thoughts from you, Vaughn, on anything? No, I mean, thanks to all the listeners and, and viewers and Twitter followers for uh, giving us all those questions. Um, you know, give us some more questions, and we'd love to uh, make another episode uh, just answering some of your questions. I like seeing your guys' feedback and, and uh, uh, what's on your guys' minds, so uh, keep them all coming. Yeah, we want to thank our listeners, our readers, everyone else who takes the time out of their day to, to give Mason Brew and myself and Bond some love. And I will be at Big Time Media Days coming up shortly, and we will have a recap of the happenings there on Victor's Valiant, and we definitely plan on having another mailbag Q&A at least next month, the middle of August. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for all of our other positional previews we'll have throughout this month and next month, and all the other mission coverage on the website and on Victor's Valiant. For myself, for Vaughn, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on Victor's Valiant.